You are listening to the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast with host Sean Castrina. I'm excited about today's podcast. I have a CEO, I have a co founder of an incredible company called Wiz. They have an e bike subscription service. I have Mike Paragudoff with me here today. Mike, I hope I got that last name somewhere close to right. It was quite close. Yeah. Hey, Sean. Great to be here. Hey, okay. So you, you took $5 million and you did something pretty good with it. Uh, yeah, we tried. Uh, it, it, we're quite a fresh company, just 18 months old, but growing fast. Yeah. And raised about like actually 4.5 million in the last 18 months. That's pretty, that's, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people raise that money. They don't know what to do with it. I mean, you all have, number one, it's a great business in general. I live in not a big town and I see bikes like sitting on like near corner posts everywhere. And it like runs right across my office. Now it just sits there and, and it's gone and then it's back and then it's gone and then it's back. So, you know, the idea, you know, bikes in obviously a place like New York, where it seems like you guys are knocking it out of the park is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just regular bikes. It's mostly electric. It's not mostly, but only electric bikes. Yeah. And electric bikes is growing like crazy. This market is growing. And also we are focusing on e-bike, special e-bikes for delivery services. So it's a, it's an e-bike for commercial use. So our, our main customers are delivery drivers that work on platforms like Uber Eats, DoorDash, GrabHub, etc. So it's a particular segment which is growing itself and e-bikes are also growing. So there are two markets, you know, electric transportation, e-bikes, and also delivery. And both markets are growing and we are in the, on the intersection of these markets. So, yeah. That's, that's I mean, that's exciting. And, and there, there are certain areas where a car is just too slow. I mean, in other words, by the time you park it or double park it or put your lights on and then you deliver it, you know, it, it's not yeah. a cost-effective model where you could see where, you know, a bike it's just an unfair advantage. Absolutely. And it's not only slow, it's also inefficient and expensive. Imagine like 70% of US food deliveries made by cars, like four wheels, uh, gasoline cars that deliver like, I don't know, a slice, a slice of pizza or a burrito or something like that. It just and doesn't make any sense. 80% of the rest of the car is empty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not I would say not 80, but even more. So now uh, we see this gap in efficiency in this delivery space and uh, only DoorDash and Uber, it's, they deliver more than 2 billion orders annually, $2 billion, and 70% of that by cars. So we see a huge opportunity here to, you know, to improve this efficiency by shifting this industry to, first of all, to electric, also from four wheels to two wheels or three wheels, something like that, which is, which actually makes sense for small packages like food. Yeah, I could see that, you know, when you said three, I pictured that little side cart. <laughs> you know, yeah. I pictured that in like, in like two, in like two seconds. So I, I always like to start with, but I didn't want to, I needed to get it. I need to get your name out in the beginning. Cause I knew I'd have messed it up if I'd have went two minutes later from memory. So why are you an entrepreneur? You know, of all the, th you're a smart guy, you know, you obviously could be an employee for a pretty, you know, for a great startup company or just a great big company and you decided to do something on your own? Yeah, actually, this is my third company. The second one uh, I built, um, like I started building like 10 years ago, then I successfully exited it. And so it was a great success for me. And the second company I failed, 
uh, successfully. So this one is the third attempt. So I, all, I, I have both, you know, success and failure in, in this entrepreneurship experience. And speaking of like on how I got there, I, I'm being honest, I never thought about being an entrepreneur when I was a child or something like that. Uh, I was thinking about, I don't know, like corporate career or something like that. Being honest, when I was young, I was not thinking a lot about you know, professional development or something like that. But uh, I think environment and uh, community and people we talk to and, you know, work with and are surrounded with, this is the main uh, thing in our lives. And uh, I was lucky at some point to get into community of startup entrepreneurs. And I was working in one of these startups. For, so this was my first job. I was a thief's employee in a startup. And uh, then the startup successfully grew and was sold. And uh, I was like, oh, wow. Uh, I know the founder, he's a great guy, but I think I can do, I can try to do the same. And that's how I started. You, you know, you say that and, and I like that because I, I always share on the show, if there's any one thing you can do, like, I, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, the number one thing is go work for a startup. Like the, the, yeah, the, forget, I don't care if it's Stanford business school. I don't care if it's hard. I don't care what it is. If you can work for a solid startup, typically one that has some venture capital, because you know it's you, you got a little bit of a runway there, um, you're going to be able to do some iterations, make some pivots. But in that situation, there, there you you'll learn more in that situation than any educational environment I could possibly imagine. No, hundred percent, and uh, that's exactly the same advice that I give to younger guys who ask like how to start because. I always say, if you're not a Mark Zuckerberg who started Facebook at 20, then you should go to, to a startup and you should be as close to founder as it possible, learn from him or from her, and then, you know, just simply repeat it. That's how I did it. It's yeah, exactly. I mean, being mentored, being in that close proximity, because you're going to see decisions that works, decisions that didn't work. And you don't have to pay for any of that advice. You get the first hand seat. I always tell, you know, people, you know, under 30, learning how to run a meeting is, you know, yeah. it's something you don't, you don't learn that in college. Like, how do you run a contentious meeting? How do you run a meeting where ideas are coming, you know, flying at you, people that are older than you? How do you politely listen to them, but not take their idea, but yet keep them on board? You know, there, there's, there's a nuance to those type of things. No, absolutely. And you know, this, this guy, first founder, I was working in startup, uh, with uh, I learned like everything from him and he even didn't know that he, he was just close to me he didn't teach me something he was just working and I was constantly learning and he's a close friend of mine by the way an investor in my current company so uh, and I, I mean yeah I learned everything uh, communications negotiations uh, hiring firing everything like you know yeah and uh, the thing the thing that people don't realize sometimes is, is that great entrepreneurs are an open book because they don't feel like you are going to take their idea. I mean, the really good ones don't care. They they know they're an outlier. There's a level of bravado, confidence. They genuinely love to help and mentor and all of that because they do believe they, you know, what they're doing is, you know, they're, they, you know, they're an outlier. They're talented. You know, they rarely feel like you're going to copy what they're doing or do what they're doing. And if, if you, pull something off separately, they take a look, you know, they're, they're glad for you. They, they want you to succeed. And I think that we feel like, you know, these great entrepreneurs are not going to tell you anything, <laughs> you know? No, absolutely. And, you know, this, this, this guy founder, his name is Alex. At some point I was a CMO with his company and I was, I was doing quite great. He was 
kind of he said he's lucky uh, having me but at some point he said to me like hey you should you should build something on your own like it, it's time to go out and build something so and and at this point he he wished me luck and he said and he he, he knew that i don't have a, a lot of like i don't know cash or something yeah uh, to build it so he said i can pay you half of a salary for, for a year you will help us like i don't know two hours per week and build something on your own and that's it and so so he helped a lot and that's what but and but that's what great mentors do like they understand okay i'm doing something really neat i want somebody else to do something neat like it's that pass you know the you know passing it forward uh no i i think that's so amazing so what have you found to be the biggest challenge that you weren't prepared for being a founder um i think it's 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 responsibility because you're responsible for everything and you take all risks and you're responsible for your employees, for your customers, for your, your partners, for your investors, you know, for everything. And this level of responsibility is just not easy to, you know, take. And sometimes it, it just can kind of, you just can't do anything because it's, it's too much. So uh, that was probably the most important shift from being in, I don't know, in, employee or i don't know a top manager in some company to become an entrepreneur uh because you need to handle this respons responsibility on your own and that's the the other things are quite similar you know if you're an i don't know an executive in some company you'll do you will do the same thing you will run a project i don't know hire people motivate people you know lead them sounds you know some way but as uh, difference and is that when you're a founder you don't have anybody to back you up you do it on your own and that's the main you know difficulty and that's the main uh difference and, and i always say when, when when you're responsible for payroll it changes everything absolutely it, it, that absolutely. is the big the, the big difference is when you start seeing the runway get a little shorter and a little shorter and a little shorter and, and you know you know if this doesn't work out i've got to let this person go this person go that person i mean that it, you know as somebody who's had to do that it, it's not fun not fun uh yeah and it's i would say it's the most difficult part in the in this job you know yeah no absolutely so what's the piece of advice you would give to a young entrepreneur okay you you obviously working at a higher higher scale but just that the one go-to advice that you, you think every you know young entrepreneur would be wise to know yeah uh, like i said uh this is my third company so i made already three attempts one was successful another one was not and this one is going well so uh this second company that i failed it was an online education company it taught me a lot uh, because this was my first you know, huge failure. And uh, I have an invest investors there and customers, etc. And we had to, you know, to, to close the company. And this taught me a lot. And uh, I would say that uh, my 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 probably main learning is that failing a company doesn't mean that you're a bad founder. You should just give it another try. You know, because sometimes there is no product market fit there. And, you know, it's not about you, about, it's not about your team. It's just not the right time, not the right market, not the right geography, anything. It's just, there is just no demand on the market, no product market fit, and you can't do anything with that. Just change the idea, try something new. And uh, if, you, if you fail, I don't know, any idea, it probably can mean that the idea is bad, but it's not mean that you're a bad founder. So 
uh, my probably my advice would uh, like if if you feel that your idea doesn't work doesn't work out just try another one don't stop. No, I I I I love that because it's if you look at the statistics, it's typically the person that has tried it multiple times and ends up being the best, you know, the best entrepreneur. You just don't ever hear about the failures, you know, along the way because you you, you always learn something in it. Even you know, I had something that bombed in the last year that I I felt like for sure was going to be good, but I tell you what, the difference is now, you know, twenty five years later, I knew when it was bad, and I knew I cut the strings early like i you know i had the data and and you know and everybody yeah. around me is like oh no hang on hang on hang on and and they were all younger than me and i'm like no no there's no there's no number i'm looking at that yeah. is trending in the right direction and i just you know cut it up it was gone I yeah mean, exactly just... and this is the hardest part probably so with this second company we stopped we closed it even <clears throat> we, we still had some cash uh on our in our bank account i was just uh, I just said to investors that I don't see a path to, you know, to the next level. So yeah. we better, we better use this cash for another idea. And I started the third company and it goes great. So, you know, this, you know, art to stop at the right time. It's, it's just like an art. It, it, it's a hard thing. Uh, but yeah, this is a, this is a, you know, an important thing. But, but I think that's what the difference is, is that you do know when, like, you know, we're ego, we want things to work. And and there is nothing more painful. I mean, you know, non-family member death, things of that nature. Obviously, I understand that. But in your career space, there's very little more painful than you have an idea, you get excited, you bring others aboard, they put money into it, they join you on the mission. And then there is a time when you know, it's not going to work. And everything you were excited about, all the money they gave you, everything, it's gone. It's done. It, you, you, it can't be given back. And, you know, having to give that talk to all those people, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not fun. And, but, it's not fun. It's not easy. It was probably one of the hardest periods in my life. But, uh, yeah, you, should, you just should go through it. You should talk to everybody, be very honest, uh, you know, uh, open, and it helps a lot. You know, it's funny I say that, but then within 90 days, I think I had one of my best business ideas that I've had in the last 20 years, and I launched that, and it's it's outperforming whatever I would have imagined. It, that's the crazy part, because the one that failed, I think the one thing that we tend to do sometimes is, is that if we've had one that worked, sometimes we go in a direction that's not quite our strike zone. It, it's a slightly a little bit, we'll tell ourselves that, but we know it's not where we had success. And I think I moved in a direction that was not my strike zone, thinking, you know, I could make it work. But then the one that I came up with right after that was 100% in my strike zone, you know, a duplicate of everything I've done for the last 20 years. And oh, shocking, it, it's succeeding. So I you know, lesson yeah. to be learned there, you know, you know, stay, stay close to where you've won races before. You know, there's a reason that formula worked for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's, a, that's another great advice. We, we entrepreneurs, you know, we, we think we can make anything work. <laughs> everything that I, everything that I ever failed at was so opposite of what has ever worked for me. I, I, you know, looking back, it's just so stupid. It'd be like, if you were playing a game show and they were like putting like slides up on the screen and they go like, which one doesn't fit in this scene? Every one of mine that bombed was the screen that didn't fit with any of my successes. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. No, sure.
you know, you just have to, you have to laugh, laugh about it. Mike. I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast. I have Mike Paragudov with me here today. He is the CEO, the co-founder of Wiz and e-bike subscription service. And he just came on the podcast. I literally had nothing to promote. He's like, Hey, maybe I can share some advice with your audience. And he did. Mike, thank you so much for being on the podcast. How can my audience connect with you and whatever you've got going on? Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm happy to connect with everyone. I'm, I mean, I'm using LinkedIn quite actively. Yeah. So that's probably the best way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, you, you gave some tremendous advice today. Audience, thank you. I try to bring for you people on the show from A to Z. I don't care. The size of their business, I just want you to know, is irrelevant to me. You tell me a unique way you're selling lemonade, I'm in. I don't care. I doesn't matter revenue. I never look at the revenue of the business when I'm getting pitched it for my podcast. Just so you know, I always look at like, is it unique? Is it different? Uh, how, you know, what's the age of the person doing it? I mean, when I hear a 12 year old built a cookie business, okay, you got my attention. I'm impressed. You did a million bucks, you know, where if you're 30 and you did 10 million, I'm still not as impressed as the 12 year old who did 1 million. So pitch me, you know, to be on the show. I'd love, you know, I I'm always looking for entrepreneurs. And, and so thank you so much for listening. The podcast is brought to you by Gig Strategic, the best digital marketing company. I know that because I use them. And I, I know that in the two most difficult months of our year for one of my companies, 2008, we had over 30% growth. So they're fantastic. Thank you for listening. And we will talk again soon.